brunch, brunch. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who say music with their lunch. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brunch, brunch and pop and What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, on our very first episode of season six, we have two incredibly talented bad bitches that we go way back with. Honestly, Jip Jack, you already know I'm always ready to tell everybody about your influence on me. From when we was in high school, you was the first person that I ever saw outwardly expressing, you know, your femininity. And that just had an, a huge impact on me as a human being. And then meeting Mick Sykes, you know, another bad bitch that I got to beat your face the other day and just get to know you a lot better and all that shit. My Facebook family, Mick Sykes, Jip Jack, or also known as the Anukai Tree Podcast. Who the fuck are you? Who going first? I'm going first. All right. Well, (laughs) I am Jip Jack on the attack. Um, I am an artist. Um, and yeah, for the most part, I just like do art and talk shit. And um, Mick Sykes was like, we should talk shit on camera. And therefore, <laughs> we got the Anukai Tree. The Anukai Tree came um, to be. And I mean, when we talk shit, we try to very much um, be educational, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, at be the same time, yeah. And, and But at the same time, just be real and authentic and like not mogged by the minutia. Yes. Wow. On a Wednesday evening. Yes. Mobbed uh, by the minutia. And I have to say, honestly, like, it, it, it took me entirely too long to start getting into the podcast regularly, which had a lot to do with the fact that I wasn't a regular on Facebook for a bit. But, you know, even outside of the podcast, both of y'all are just like a voice. You're a voice who's out here always telling it like it is in a way that... Um, Early on, I've been seeing the earlier years of my following the Anukai tree, right? Like, felt like it was, I was being called out. Like, but in the best way possible <laughs> that there were, that there were, I, as a person who moves through the world as somebody who is not very often held accountable because I seemingly find myself on the right side of things, quote unquote, most times. And so in a time where the side of whether it was politics in America or just like, social justice in general, or even just how I view my identity as a Dominican woman, like understanding that like, I thought I was woke and all the way there because I knew I was black as a Dominican woman. But then like hearing y'all speak started to like pull down the layers I had about how I was viewing how I needed to participate as a citizen of this country, right? And like mm-hmm. what needed to, like what I needed to commit to, what I needed to be doing. Like I have to say this past election, like I felt I was, I did end up voting, but I tell you, I felt really odd about it. And a lot of it had to do with a lot of the commentary even y'all had made around voting that I was just like, yeah, this you know, is, um, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, and so I, I just want to say y'all do and like, 
know that it reaches like it definitely influenced me in a way that I think has been really powerful in the way that I now navigate spaces. Mm -hmm. And I try to model a lot of the behavior that you all have when you're holding space and having these difficult discussions. So I say that to say that y'all are definitely one of my favorite podcasts out. And I mean that whole artist. And I really think that because y'all are not out here, like, listen, we all here trying to work and get paid in some way and like get the come up, but y'all aren't out here selling out in the way that people say, oh, well, we're not sellouts, but they don't even realize that their approach to how they even market their podcasts and the things is a sellout still. And so I just feel like y'all function on the woke level that is that is at its most integral and has influenced even the way I want to move in this space. So. But outside of that, y'all do other stuff too. So tell us a little bit about what y'all do outside of letting people know what it is. Mm. What you got going on, Mick Sykes? Okay, so I'm Mick Sykes. I am the producer and co-host of a new Kai Tree podcast. I'm an educator, a musician, um, like a graphic artist. Um, like yes. I do like all of our like design shit. Um, I just love being like creative in general. And this podcast was really like a reflection of like our work like as a couple because we would have these conversations like in the house and then like we would do our facebook lives like as a couple and people would be really into it and we just like was, i was like we need to just like do this shit for real like y'all need to do a podcast like we would be in an uber be like for like real. just talking to each other and, like y'all should have a podcast she was like you know what let's do it <laughs> and you know i had already um released a new kai genesis which is um my first album out everywhere i get um and a new kai has been like a theme and is actually just the idea of a collective that i'm trying to build you know it's like really just a collective of leadership that i'm trying to build um and put together whereas like literally it's not even it, it everyone here is a leader everyone here has what it is that they are expertise at and we are to follow what it is that they say based on that um, and that's that, you know what I'm saying? And everyone's working together to create content for each other and all of that. So essentially, if we working together and work close, you a new Kai. Yes. You can put the freaking logo wherever you want. You know what I'm saying? Because it is you. Um, and that is just like the dream. I just want us to like realize that we need some new shit. And a Kai means a leader. You know what I'm saying? We need some new shit. And this leadership that we're under in general is just ridiculous. So Right. Yeah. Right. And have been under for centuries has been have has been ridiculous. <laughs> Thank y'all for the Seco, by the way. We're really like enjoying it. Oh yes. Okay. yes. Yes. I'm trying to chill out. This is like my third glass. Yes. Oh, we love it. We fucking love it. Drink up. And of course, speaking of bronche bebidas, when you ladies go to bronche, what is your bronche bebida of choice? What are you choosing to drink at brunch? I love a peach bellini. Like, that's always my go-to. Like, what is it with the peach thing. bellinis on this podcast? This... We always get a peach bellini. And let me it's tell you... <laughs> If you go to several episodes behind, there is a very specific Skittles peach bellini uh, recipe that includes, it includes mostly vodka, mostly Prosecco, and a splash of peach. (laughs) And have you knocked out? (laughs) You just take a, you just take a scissor and clip the tip of a peach slice and just. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gives that when you drink it, though. (laughs) 
Oh, man. What am I drinking? I drink a classic mimosa. Like, just give me the damn Prosecco and orange juice. Give me the the champagne and orange juice. Yes. Put it in like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess it also speaks to some nostalgia. But when we think of vodka, I cannot have vodka. It makes me angry. Mm. But the first time I ever drank, seriously, I was in France and I was 13. And I was dead went in the bar, flashed my ID, 13 as fuck. It was just straight up <laughs> ID. And went in the bar and ordered a vodka orange because it was, you know, the one thing on the menu I could understand what was in it fully. Because I had, you know, I was, I was, in, I was a French student. I didn't learn liqueurs, right? But anyway, and so it was a, a orange juice and vodka. So I'm like, put the orange juice in it, and it's, and it's a, it's a pop. Yes, yes, yes. And so, along with your brunch at Bebida, what is your go-to brunch plate? At brunch, like it's changed recently. Like I like a good French toast, and I'm getting into like poached eggs. Like recently, like I don't like I before I hated a runny egg, and like recently, like I had one that was like a good po- poached egg that was really good, and I was like, oh wait, I think like I could get into this. I'm a super finicky girl. <laughs> Lord knows, I really don't eat nothing. So I'm I'm very much classic chicken and waffles. Yes, give me that, give me that Belgian waffles with the applewood smoked bacon, please. Ooh. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. You know, and I mean, if there's a side of fruit, I'm not going to be too bad. (laughs) I love, I love, I love a waffle with like fruits and whipped cream and and shit like that, too. Yeah. 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 The waffle has to be right, though, because like, I feel like the best waffles have like the right crisp outside somehow. Exactly. Exactly. If it don't have that nice crisp, if it don't like... Yeah. Yes. Yes. A little it. crack. It's not a crunch. It's like a, it's a crack. crack. Right. And it's like it's like a crack and crumble into like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I and and for me the the runny egg thing I totally feel you on that. Like I I, I actually when it comes to mango and like on top of mango I can do it, but because of what's happening there with it. But mm-hmm. something about poached eggs. I think I was the girl who thought she liked poached eggs and I started my brunch phase doing all that and the Benedicts and all that stuff. And then I just started to going to, going to brunches that were more about the alcohol than the food and had a couple bad plates. And so now I'm like, mm-hmm. my palate feels like mm, about it. I can't, I don't know when I'm a transition bag. So, mm. but I'd love if you all would share with me, what was it like going out to eat when y'all were growing up? Um, I could go first. Um, oof. It's like, shit, which, which aspect of it? Um, yeesh. Um, I would say we would go out to eat because niggas, you know, my, my mother cooked. You know what I'm saying? She She cooked. But for the most part, we were both like very much too busy mm-hmm. to eat in the house. We would we would meet up at restaurants. Like I'd be after rehearsal, would meet my mother to go somewhere because she would come from this UFT meeting that went bananas late for no fucking reason because nobody cares about teachers. And um you know, and me, and sometimes it would be a, like a nice restaurant for no reason, and we would be like looking regular as fuck in this really nice restaurant. <laughs> and sometimes it would be like BBQs, and then sometimes it would be like, okay, let's like get McDonald's or like let's get Chinese, right? Um, so it was like a regular thing to eat out in general, but like 
going going places when we were like leaving from home like okay we're gonna go out to eat was always interesting because my fashion sense was always gender bendy and it was always very much like constant stares and looks which again like you know when a bitch is a star a bitch is a star y'all can look if you want um but end of the but end of the day like as a kid you're like all right i'm literally just trying to like live my life like you want to turn into Kanye West in that moment. You want to be like, stop the, the fucking paparazzi and start just like throwing <laughs> hands because you're like, what are y'all looking at for real? You know, and it's like, I'm from Harlem. So it's like, no, really, like, no, seriously, what are y'all looking at? <laughs> you know, stop looking. Um, and I, I always thought, even as a kid, like what that might have meant for my mom and how that like translated and what that like was like, what was happening to her or like inside her during those moments. Like, okay, like your child is getting accosted visually by adults and everyone is either participating or witnessing. <laughs> like. And it's, and it's so interesting because I, I feel like depending on like how you grew up for me, the micromanagement of the image was a really big part of going out. Like I, mm-hmm. there was absolutely no way in hell that I was going to have full autonomy over how I was going to like show up at a restaurant. Like, I needed to even, I, I even think about the phases when I was starting to get older and I wanted to like start shaving my legs and to show my legs and things like that. And the amount of times I was in some thick white looking stockings and I didn't understand why they had to be white and they couldn't be skin mm. color. Like it would like all of that, like really kind of fucked up the experience of me feeling like I was having a full experience and I'm going out. And it's like, for, for my family growing up, it was like, we ain't really have it like that. My mother also always cooked. Like, so when we were going out, it usually was formed around an occasion. And so it, was, it felt like I would go out, but I couldn't really fully immerse myself into who I was as that girl who's out in the city and having that moment. So I think it's so beautiful that your mother um, made space for that. Well, I will, you know, there are, it's not, there are caveats, right? Cause it's not like I could actually choose what it's not like I could actually choose what was in my closet to put on, right? Mm, mm, it was mm. it so it would be like as like tight as I could get these jeans. Oh yeah, I'm plus size more. You know what I'm saying? I gained some weight. You know what I'm saying? So I can put these jeans on and have them just be tight and like, well they're my jeans, ma. You know what I'm saying? And it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not so much that she um like supported it. As much as she, like, didn't necessarily stop at nothing to stop it. Right. Yes, they did. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, you don't know what streaming on. Sometimes it'd be crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it, it's, you know, I do want to give her her credit for not, like, um, in the moment trying to, like, change me as I styled what I had available, right? But it was definitely still, like, extremely clear that that's not what I necessarily wanted available. You know what I'm saying? And um, the household and going out, like you said, was still very um, micromanaged, very, like, very geared towards assimilation and what, like, everyone else would think of her or think Mm -hmm. of her parents because of your behavior and i definitely wanted to touch on what you said about like having a like you're like a full experience it's like you're not even had like you're having their experience mm-hmm. of you and it's like 
strange because you don't even like how do you even do that like i can't like remove my eyes and like you know what i'm saying like i can't like actually do that <laughs> especially as a child when you're just trying to like literally point at something and call it a leaf right you know what i'm saying for what it's called <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you're trying to literally name things and we're like forced in those in those instances to literally like look at ourselves from their viewpoints mm -hmm. it's as for me like growing up um like when i was like in like elementary school like my like my family always cooked so it's not like we were going out to eat like a lot um they, we started going out to eat more when i was like a teenager and like in high school but when i was a little kid like i would always want to go out to eat and my mom like nah, i'm cooking like that's not, that's not happening but when we go out like if we went somewhere like we went on vacation somewhere or like we were going out, out like she would like take me somewhere. I like out like Red Lobster was like my favorite restaurant because I was fucking bougie as fuck even though we were poor. <laughs> like, but I love seafood, so I would love to go to Red Lobster. And if for some reason, I thought like Sizzler was a shit, and I would bake to go to Sizzler. Would want to take me? I was kind of disappointed when I first time, the first time I had it. Like I remember I won the science fair when I was like in third grade. And my dad <laughs> took me to Sizzler, and I was like, yes, and I was like, oh. Kind of disappointing. He's like, I told you, I could have made you some steak. Was like, oh. <laughs> West Indian and Southern parents, they was like, they they wasn't they wasn't about it. But um, it was always like it was always like really like fun. Um, but it was rare. Like it was rare. Like they didn't like, and I don't know if because we were younger, they didn't have us in a restaurant like that. Because I know my like my mom would go out to eat and shit. And I just I just wouldn't be there. Um, <laughs> until I was like a teenager, like, okay, now, you know, we know, you know how to act. And also I was not the most well-behaved child. So that could have been a part of it too. Like thinking about it, looking back, um, no, I was bad. I was bad. Like <laughs> setting things on fire, cursing out teachers. Like you would like, people wouldn't believe it now. But, I was going to um, say, I'm having a okay. really hard time believing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like I did some things. What is the worst? What is the worst story? Like, what is <laughs> I won in the same day in elementary school? I set a, a I set a bulletin board on fire and cursed out my teacher. Oh, excuse me, McSykes. Get out of my classroom. The crazy, the crazy part, the wild part about it was that my aunt was the assistant principal of my elementary school. So I don't uh -uh. Know think that I was going to get away with it. And my aunt's retired now, so I could like share this story. I got my ass beat five times that day. I was about to say, and she my aunt beat my, took me to office, beat my ass, called my father. Father came, picked me up took me home, beat my ass. My grandparents were like, why are you beating him? They told me what they did. My Both of my grandparents beat me separately. My mother came home from work and was like, what What happened? Why is he crying? Told them, got my ass beat again five times. Wow. <laughs> like a marathon. <laughs> and I still didn't straighten up after that. I didn't like I know acting you right. You're still, like, you, you're still in here. Until I started, until I got to high school, I was like, yeah. College is soon. Let me start acting like I have some sense. And I always did well in school. Like, I was a, a good student. Mm. Like, my grades were fine. My behavior was just like, because I would be bored. So I would just start mm -hmm. doing stuff. Right. You right. wouldn't know that today. But, um, <laughs> 
But yeah, great. Like we when we go out, like we would like go to the Poconos and stuff like that in upstate, and like all the I love diner food. Like we mm-hmm. have like great yeah. diners, like in like the tri-state and stuff like that. So like I, those are my like memories of like eating out growing up. Yes. And so what is your favorite bochinche gossip talk? Uh, does this, uh, me. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, what is your favorite <laughs> bochinche topic to talk about at the brunch table? Favorite? No, let me stop. Um, <laughs> I, okay, okay. I really like to talk shit on people's vocals. <laughs> you do? I really do, and 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 I have healed from 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 why you know what I'm saying. But it doesn't make it any less fun. Fun, you know what I'm saying? Like people be out here trying it and calling themselves singers, and I'd be like, oh my god, the legends weep, the live the living legends weep, and the and the 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 dead icons are literally disintegrating. <laughs> at you bitches (laughs) that i don't know why i mean like and and it's it's i guess it's because like you know again like growing up like i was judged heavily on my vocals on a regular basis and it was just like okay whatever and you know you're judged on your vocals as a person who sings you know so it's just like i feel like we're not doing that anymore as a culture and that's weird like and it's not so much that i want like people to you know who like can't sing to not have music careers it's not that like by all means like we need every we need everybody i like i have my favorite you know um pop shit i have my favorite literal nonsense shit you know what i'm saying that's like this is dumb you know what i'm saying but it's amazing at the same time you know drop a loaf of jesus is the shit <laughs> it's, it's i mean besides the fact that it's actually musically excellent but like it's it's dumb as hell you know what i'm saying and it's and it's popping and i enjoy it and we'll literally like seek that song it, it's the idea that that stuff gets to replace the elite mm-hmm. 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 yeah right. it, yeah it, it really hits in the because it, it's almost this mirrors the way that we see injustices in the world because we know why, like we all know why certain vocalists and artists are getting certain spotlights and mm-hmm. stuff. It just doesn't rub you the right way. And so right. sometimes you got to come for them and it's not even about them. It's about making the point that they are being elevated because of something that is definitely not that fucking voice. Period. <laughs> mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> And, and I mean, it really is that, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I mean, I like, like you putting it like, okay, what's your favorite gossip? I'm like, okay, if I had to say, cause I wouldn't consider what I do gossiping <laughs> even because e- even though I do talk like the, even with the, 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 you know, vocal shit talking, it's really just like, okay, y'all, like I'm trying to like shake us back into like excellence. Mm-hmm, right. There's no reason we can't have that and excellence. Why not? There's enough money going around. Yeah. There's enough everything happening right. for us to have Adele and Jasmine Sullivan be at the literal same level. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's and I and I think that that for me it's so interesting. It artists now who have that like level of talent, it's almost like that makes it more difficult for you to progress mm-hmm. because it sucks. Like my relationship with like R and B music had had been a bit like up and down because for a while I was like. Nobody out here sounds like the, the R&B I grew up on. This is not R&B. Like, I don't. And, and then, like, 
there were all these girls who existed because I wasn't digging deep. And I didn't I didn't know really, really about Jasmine Sullivan heavy until late. Like I was late on to Jasmine Sullivan, even like the newer girls. Like I've been late to it. But a lot of it is because the sounds and the beats, they're commercializing and everything sounds the same. Um, you know, love her to death. But I can't stand um, uh, Janae Aiko. Janae Aiko. Aiko. Um, but I can't, like, it's just, I hear a song and I'm like, I feel the vibe, but then I hear the other three and I was like, oh, we're still here? Like, you know, I, I <laughs> She really is like the female Drake. It's all, like legitimately. The, like the same vibe. But then she'll, like on a record, she'll have one that has like an emotional like element, like um, you versus them on the first mm. um, pro- project, which I don't even know if you can get. It's not on Spotify anywhere. I'd be, like, trying to jam that. Like, I, like, again, like, even, like, with Janae Aiko, I completely agree with you. I still, like, appreciate her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still, I'm like, okay, like, I get what she's doing, and I'm glad, like, there is that, like, feminine element to that, like, Drake. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. portion, like, being pushed, you know, in, in the way that it was pushed, and I guess isn't so much anymore. It's like Summer Walker's kind of doing it eh, differently, but differently, man, right? Um, so the same time, it's just like my like my my other issue is always there's no reason that y'all can't be getting lessons. <laughs> <laughs> like did Miss Jam retire? Like did the, the like the vocal coaches? They can't studio motherfuckers to to do the work on the voice. They don't want to do it on the front, and they're not being proactive. They're being reactive. Mm-hmm. But I, but like we like if you okay, non singing singers, if you after one take are tired, your technique is poor. If you after three hours of singing cannot speak, your technique is poor. You can be tired after three hours of singing, sure. You know what I'm saying, sure. Especially contemporary singing, but you shouldn't be able. You shouldn't be like not able to sing anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, hydrate. Um, listen, like sing the note in your head before it comes out of your mouth. Um, yeah, like these are just all like ba- like things, like things that you as a singer like need to have, and it's not for anything about like the sound of your voice for 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 you know all intents and purposes. It's more about like the longevity of your sound mm-hmm. and the consistency of your sound. There are people that people consider great singers that I will I I read on a regular basis just for not being consistent enough you know mm-hmm. and um we all as singers go through shit so it's not that i'm like misinterpreting the idea that you know this is our body you know and we sing with our body and the shit that happens with our body is crazy and we have to go with that you know what i'm saying like you sick you sick you know what i'm saying and you're gonna sound like you sick if you don't have certain levels of technique mm-hmm. and that and that's and then that's on Chip uh, Jack School of Music. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anokai Academy, hit me up. Yeah. You know, it's a I thing. Make that happen. And so, so uh, Mick Sykes, what would what is your favorite thing to gossip about at the brunch table? Um, what do I be? I don't know what I be like. Be talking about like. I like to listen to gossip. Um, well, what's the, but, um, what's the experience to listen in on? Yeah, that's even that. I like people's relationship drama. I was about to say. But um, I love me some tea on like couples other than us or like what's like what's going on in people's lives. I think the thing that I talk about personally is just like 
education drama. Like, I work in the public school system, and, like, it's always been a hot mess. The message is getting hot, hotter. It's like a tire fire at this point. And, like, people are unaware of it because, like, in New York especially, um, they're good at really keeping that shit under wraps. Mm. Um, and until, like, some shit, like, explodes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it'd be crazy. So that's, like, I be talking about teacher shit a lot because that's, like, that's what I do. But I, like, um, yeah, and, like, um, that and, like, reality shows, but mostly, like, it involves people's, like, relationship drama. Like, I'm the one that figured out that, like, Princess Love was beating Ray J. I was, like, he's reacting like someone who's been, like, physically abused. I was, like, wait a minute. And then, like, when it came out, I was, like, oh, I knew I was right. <laughs> That's true. I felt sad, but also vindicated at the same time. <laughs> right. You complain, but you hate, you hate the message, but you love to know that she was on it. I'm and that men don't speak about it like that's the thing like it's very like swept under the rug and it like there was a story that came out a couple of years ago when they were like got we're getting divorced the first time she broke his ribs when she walked him in a hotel with strippers I did what? not know that I did not know that cause like and the reason why it came out is because there was this clip of them trying to do like a reconciliation on love and hip hop and he pushed her in the pool when she, he kept she kept throwing stuff at him and like, oh. he, he was like, stop, stop. And like, why would you do that to your wife? Da, da, da. Like, she broke one of my ribs. Police report. I, okay. See, wow. not, cause I, I was see. like, I knew it. I was like, I know that, I know that men can definitely make women push women to that point. Like, everyone has a breaking point, but mm-hmm. abuse is abuse. Right. And I like speaking about those things. People don't think about it from those narratives. So, like, when I'm yeah. at the brunch, I like to, like, you know, Kind of like what we do on the podcast, like poke at people's mm-hmm. like ideals of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that, and that honestly, like that topic, even in itself. Um, and I think that it, it's both that abuse, but even sexual abuse. I think is one that that isn't discussed, and that's a whole other topic for a whole another time. But mm-hmm. I think that point is well taken. Like there are moments where we're in, we're having one side of the conversation, but we're not making room for all of it, and we need to make room for all of it. All right, so now we are going to move into our cheers to the lady who section where we cheers dope people doing dope shit. (laughs) All right, so this week, I really, you know, I thought that it was important for us to, number one, address the fact that we've basically disappeared for a really long time as a podcast and you know for a while even though we were out of season we had pretty consistent thanks to skittles um pretty consistent social media presence and we're still reposting and commenting on things and so the bronche voice is still alive right i had hit a point after the election right after there was all this drama and swelling about what everybody had to do to save the country and here we are still crashing and burning but at that moment in time Um, You know, I realized just how fucking tired I was, like, because as I mentioned earlier, um, when I went to that voting booth, I was just like, something, the math don't math here, but here I am, but the math don't math. And I think that this year, I really want to focus my energy on paying the fuck attention to what happens from the moment that I do this thing, all the way to the moment that they're going to ask me to do this shit again. Like, what is actually happening right and how am i actually participating and so that question of how am i actually participating started to lend itself to even the podcasting space and i was like wait a minute 
I started to realize that between, you know, Lady Subronche, um, podcasts like the New York Dose or the Rick H Show or Watch Your Mouth with Mozo. And a lot of like, we have a lot of people who are fam who are in the industry. And I was noticing, yo, we keep <laughs> reposting and talking about the same shit. Like we're different people and we talk about and do things in completely different ways. But I was like, damn, we're all marketing to the same markets about the same things. And like, how how much longer before people are just like, all right, if I saw one person do it, I don't need to tune into the other people because it's like the voice started to uh, become very generic to me. Um, and I realized when I started this podcast, it wasn't to be a generic voice. It was actually quite specifically to make room for people having to listen, not just to me when I speak, right? Because people are always like, oh, you speak so hard. Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, but what do you, but do you know what happens when Skittles is at a table with me? Do you know what I'm actually talking about in those spaces? Because I started to realize the voice that people loved of mine was not the one that was actually critically thinking and speaking out and calling shit like it was. And I was like, nah, I need a space to do that. And maybe this space is the brunch table. So I took mm -hmm. a lot of time off because I really didn't feel like I wanted to chime in until it felt right, until there was something that we really wanted to focus on. And, you know, this year, I think that the, I've been very moved to, for one reason or another, really understand and learn how I could best support and hand power over to the trans community, the Black queer community, all the identities that live under that. Because I feel like there's a lot of conversations that I'm tired of having, but the one conversation that no one seems to be having in an eloquently in an eloquent way, in a strong way, in a way that is actually allowing the people to lead the conversation was this category. And so, you know, I, I was like, fuck, like <clears throat> sit back a little bit and and like foster relationships in, in the community and see like where I can add and, and how we can elevate voice in, in that space and not always have it be about talking about the identity, but just period, just because, just because that's, they're here and they're here because I want them here. And if you're noticing that it's just them, then that's for a reason and ask questions later, but we're not talking. They're not here to teach. They're here to get the fuck out of the way. Right. And so I'm trying to figure out what are more ways that I can do that. Um, and I think the podcast is one way, but we're looking forward as a brand to really think about how this platform, this table can be the table for all and give power to all in a particular way. So we're back, you know, people missed us. And so we're going to give you all the podcast. But really, I want folks to anticipate that Bronche is going in a direction where we're not just here to entertain you and talk about, you know, pop culture. We're really here to start breaking some glass and, and pushing other things through. And that's the space we want to be in. And if people don't want us because we want to be in that space, then they don't want us. And I don't need to post or sound like any other podcast that's already out there. So that is a lot of why. But also, I needed a motherfucking break. I needed to go on vacation. I needed to get the fuck out of my house, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, 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 I y'all notice now I have new hair. I be changing my hair. I get nails done now. Like, Julissa needed to have some time with Julissa to get to know Julissa. And so it was definitely time well spent. Um, and a lot of wonderful things happen, and I don't want to go into the details of that. You'll hear throughout the seasons all the stuff I'm working on. But that's where we've been at. We've been out here, like, really strategizing and thinking about how are we more than just a podcast who's repeating the same shit on a fucking news feed and fighting for fucking likes. I didn't come here to fight for no fucking likes. Are you dumb? Like, <laughs> Skittles, what you been up to, though? How did you feel during our break? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I think that, like, one thing that, like, we – 
all need to consider also is like when we're thinking about like how it, how we took a break like our fourth season happened right before the world shut down so we were like heavy releasing throughout the pandemic because we had already had 12 episodes in the bag ready to go right and then we started doing you know remote episodes for season five and that worked out really well and stuff like that and i thought that that went well but um i think that people i think that like we get tired you know in both like doing ladies who brunch as well as like creating our own content and doing our own side hustles and achieving our own career goals and then dealing with family and all that stuff um it gets very tiring and so i think that uh the break from you know having a season and being able to just kind of like concentrate on like our own separate things and, and, you know, finesse what we do on our own to then be able to come back and bring something new to the table and bring something that's like um, actually going to be of use to our audience and of use to the people that like follow us and listen to us um, is really important. Um, I feel like I have been just like trying to figure out how I'm going to make what I want in my life come true. I think that um, after the pandemic, uh, it became very obvious for, I think for a lot of people that it was like, what what parts of your life that you're not happy with, what parts of your life that you feel like you need to um, make changes to, or what parts that like, you want just how you want to function in the world differently. And I think that that happened from both me and Julissa, um, where we were able to kind of like go ahead and literally make the changes that we've always kind of spoken about and always kind of thought about in the back of our heads, but never actually made the effort to do it because we were on such a, a go and a, such a hustle. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was, it was mad beneficial. I think that like, uh, being able to like create content and, you know, perform live and, and, you know, uh, figure shit out has been dope, but I'm ready to come back to brunch and fuck it up with y'all bitches. Uh. <laughs> about y'all? I mean, I can't imagine how exhausting it must be to be as present and vocal as you guys are when you show up in these spaces. <laughs> I, like everything y'all said resonated with me so much like in particularly because um like jack like we both like put in our work like i do like a lot of like the production like side of it and like the graphic design like part of it um and also kind of deciding like what we're going to talk about like who we're going to talk to and like the meat of the content like the fleshing out comes from mm -hmm. them um but like previously we were we did two seasons a year like when we first started, we did like two seasons a year. And after like the, like we did a season that sort of bled into like the, like the pandemic and got caught up in some shit. Mm. Like your girls was in a cult for a minute, like got free. Yeah. Low, so legit. glad y'all were out. <laughs> Came out of that, like did some healing, did a new season. And then we were trying to do another season, like a mid season and like a second season this year and we were like it didn't happen yeah. like we tried like we got new equipment like we planned it um and like the ancestors was just like rest and have something to talk about when you come back yes because you're like i like the part that you resonated like it's all starting to bleed we're all sharing the same shit like 
we have we've in certain spaces or at least in the community we've managed to build like we're pretty much in consensus about certain topics there might be some like little outliers that are willing to listen and like are in the comments trying to figure it out but we're all saying the same shit like give it a second let it marinate and in the new year we're definitely gonna come out with our is this our season six too? Lord, see, like this is why Pat. <laughs> I believe. I believe. Because numbers. This either uh, this might be our fifth season. I think. It's I think it's season five too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, and I just want, like, I just want to remind people, COVID is happening. Right. Like. It's not to the woods. That's right. that's that shit was and continues to be emotionally taxing as fuck. And I empower all of the global majority to freaking acknowledge how exhausting having emotions is. It's just, it's exhausting. Um, (laughs) And you could express them or not just because they happen in your body. Liter- quite literally, your body releases hormones that are your emotions. Um, is It's too much. Right. <laughs> and um, sometimes you need to just like sit the fuck down so that you can have those and deal with those. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, you know, like especially when you're in a unit, you guys have to like make sure that y'all are emotionally stable, that there's like an understanding of wherever you guys are emotionally. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going through a whole like emotional potential personality transformation. Did Mm -hmm. a whole like warning tour was like, Hey (laughs) y'all don't know who this bitch about to be. If you want to dip, it's your time. Like, cause who knows, you know what I'm saying? Like COVID is changing a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like in people, because like the stakes, are different whether they're higher or not is still kind of like left to be seen it feels like they're higher yeah. it feels like time is shorter mm-hmm. but other than that and still internalizing that and thinking about how it's going to show up in the work right. mm-hmm. it's different every time. like you've been out performing and so i can't imagine how that is for you like i'm in the process of like committing myself to being like a full-time creative and like developing things and working on shit and working on like music and i'm like oh wait this shit is bringing up emotions that like i didn't mm-hmm. like know that i was like actually feeling i'm so grateful for the stage like it like with like oh like thank you stage okay mm-hmm. because that thing um just you just put it all out on there. You know what I'm saying? You don't even gotta like if if you're not the sweating kind. You know what I'm saying? I am. I, I literally my foot goes stage and it's like sweat. <laughs> um, but if you're not the sweating kind, it's not even about exerting energy. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the stage is gonna take it. You know, like it's gonna take it, and you get to leave it there if you so choose to leave it there. If you pick it up, you know that's on you. But if you leave it there, it's it's there. And then it disappears. Nobody has to come and grab your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might leave some shit on the road. Somebody might grab that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been so grateful for the opportunity to perform. But there is that, like, weird shit because, like, people want to be in your face and, like, yeah. be all like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? If you if you killed, you hope that they want to be in your face, you know what I'm saying, to some degree as a performer. So, again, like, it's this, con- it's this constant juxtaposition and constant, like, being pulled in, like, 
several directions. You're like, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm gonna go home right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. benefit your. It doesn't benefit your career to to um, go home right now, my my motherfucker. You have to freaking like network. Okay, I want to network. I can't put this mask on. Look at this beat. Right. Yeah. They're not getting the. They're not getting the experience, and that's what they came for. Right. So okay. Hopefully this vaccine mm-hmm. does whatever. <laughs> and I We've can been vaccinated. Go. We don't, don't go there. That's what I said. Hopefully this vaccine does whatever and I can freaking like be like see people without this mask in this moment, right? And then they want to be like, oh my God. You are so good. <laughs> Rubbing they sweat on your sweat. Rubbing this sweat in your sweat. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel that. I feel that, and I, I, I think. Thank you for for pointing it out. Right, we're still in it, and I think that with that, it's it's important to note that, like, even even what the process of what I just described for us, or whatever processes people find themselves on, everything is up for. Um, debate, everything is up for change. Like if you wake up tomorrow and you needed to pivot directions for something, then that's just what the fuck has to happen. And I feel like commitments right now are null and void unless they're to yourself. Right. Like in that mm-hmm. that's the way I'm trying to move. It's like I will try my best to commit to something, but at the end of the day, if what I need is what I need, I've never really practiced in my life knowing what it's like when I always choose myself. And so I'm in that mm-hmm. practice. I'm in that practice as much as possible. And sometimes when when you are not active as a voice of the people in any way, shape or form, whether it's stage, podcast or whatever, like, you know, that is because you need rest and people just need to fucking respect that or pay me. And that's really been my answer to everything. It's like, listen, you want me to like get my crusty ass up? That's fine. How much? For how much? For how much? Pay me. Like I'll do the IG lives. I'll talk about the thing. I'll do all the stuff. Shit, I'll produce this whole podcast. This could be a weekly podcast if you want to fund it and me. Right. Straight. Straight. So, um, but now we are going to move into our Tuta Loca S section where we call out motherfuckers who are doing the most. Tuta Loca, carajo. Who can I have some? Yes. And so this week, gosh, Mr. Dave Chappelle. Um, so Dave Chappelle um, right now, he is in the middle of having some funds raised to see whether or not people who challenge him and the way he showed up in his recent special will donate more than people who support him in order for him to uh, just step down from having his former high school name its theater after him. So he had gone to the high school, he went and he was met with cheers and booze, right? And, you know, he kind of got on his soapbox and he made this announcement. And I just... I just think it's funny how this story has been unraveling. And I think that I've stayed quiet on the whole issue, even from the moment the special happened, mostly because like, (laughs) I can't tell people what's offensive or not when no one's talking about me and they're not hitting my experience. And also like, we don't act like we don't know what's dance and disrespect or what is blatant disrespect. Like we don't act like we don't know that. Like even as, people who are of a culture where people cut ass on each other and sometimes get mean. There's, there's a difference uh, around being mean and, and being like hurtful. And so there's just a lot of 
layers to this conversation that I felt I was not the voice up, right? And especially knowing that like I'm somebody who you know, has always loved Dave Chappelle, right? And like, mm-hmm. but I'm never too proud to say, oh, well, if somebody who I love fucks up, like that's where we have to hold them is in, is in their accountability, not in where my heart appreciates their art and whatnot. And so I, I was just like, yeah, this is all complicated because there is a threat. There are threads here that can be conversations that are censored, but like they were dressed around a lot of things that now we can't censor that conversation because actually if we can't have that conversation, then the way we're having the other conversation around the differences of the black experience, it's kind of like, I don't know, straight black man, like you mucking shit up in a very particular way. And so in this act, it's kind of like, I find myself yet again being like, oh gosh. So now he's trying to make the point that people won't put their money where their mouth is. Do I say that I am like, oh yeah, okay, I fuck with that, but I don't fuck with him. Like, how do we even land in the nuance of what's happening right now? But again, I don't feel like it's a conversation that my opinion and how I feel matters most. And so I, I'm just curious what y'all's thoughts are around um, his approach around having people pay up to prove that they really mean what they say when they uh, support the trans community outside of just being ready to cancel. And is that dangerous for the way that people then maybe might um, give Dave Chappelle a level of grace that he may or may not deserve? So that's that, that that's the one thing we haven't figured out yet is who's going to take it, right? It's like, who's taking it? All right, so... <laughs> So, Dave Chappelle, tú estás loca. <laughs> because it is wild crazy for you to ask people to support you in order to defy you. That's dumb. Don't nobody have the coins to be like, I'm paying into Dave Chappelle to have Dave Chappelle not. Right. And 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 what and to, and to what end do any of these people care that a high school theater is named after you? The only people in the in the in that building that should care if they don't care are trans people in that building. And if the trans community of the of that community have not raised up to to give a fuck about a high school theater being named after you, then nobody cares. All of the trans kids growing up are going to see that special or going to experience some understanding of what happened in that special and make their decision regardless if they go to a high school that has your name on top of their motherfucking theater or not. Nobody gives a fuck. And I'd, I, to, 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 to think that so many people would donate to, to, to even make it happen sounds laughable the fact that this wound up in the press is highly sus like like, (laughs) say more on that meaning that this will garner like national attention we're talking about it so it has so like um and even people outside of that town where the high school is at will donate and now like so either way like the kids are gonna get like a great theater and People are gonna vote for even out of spite, right? So like either way, right. like you, this is a tactic, right? Very blatant tactic, a very like obvious and like poor one, and not that I could say I would hope Dave Chappelle is above it. Like given everything that's happened, yeah, especially in the special, like with like the special, I'm like, oh, like you're just you're just deep diving into this, 
Mm-hmm. Very that's right. Very cis hat male of you. Mm. Period. How, how, how patriarchal. <laughs> I was gonna. I was even gonna say the way in which uh, Dave Chappelle decides to like. In general, I don't really know like crazy, crazy details because I'm not someone who really watches like all his specials. But I constantly hear his name in the same type of, you know, situation, and it gives Boosie vibes. Like the way you are, the way the way like he chooses to like concentrate or have his jokes be concentrated on this certain type of community, it gives Boosie vibes the way Boosie gives Nas X. I mean, allegedly, he loves the girls. Allegedly. Oh, wait, this isn't our podcast. Yeah. Um, but, 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 but no. no. Yes, please. Like, like, the streets talk. He, I mean, and he admitted himself to, like, having had, like, male-on-male um, male encounters and not That's hating it. it. Yeah, on, 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 on the very special in question. And then on top of it, um, you know, it's it's so common. Trans attraction is so common, y'all. Like, yeah. y'all have to understand that, like, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's been quite a few mimosas, so forgive the crudeness. <laughs> I have enough sense to, to ask to put a disclaimer on it. <laughs> Niggas love ass. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's that. Take of that what you will. You, you know? will. Like, yep. <laughs> some more indiscriminate than others. Mm-hmm. When it to the gender of that ass, and that's all. That's all good. That's the thing. And then on top of that, some some men get in their soul of souls that a woman is a woman. And can understand and sense and smell a woman no matter what body it's in. So, yeah, yeah. And what would you? And and what falls out to the truth? (laughs) And and I feel like it's a truth that people won't fess up to in so many ways. I mean, like I, it's interesting even like being a cis girl having cis sex or whatever the fuck, right? (laughs) (laughs) Feel you poor thing. You could feel. I really. Just as a quick sidebar, like I've really come to the point where I'm, I'm like, I know my experience is very much aligned with that experience. So I would never go as far as claiming something that isn't true to my lifestyle. But sometimes I'm like, what do you want to call? Like, like I don't even like feeling like I'm aligning with the the cishet lifestyle. Like, is really revealing to me just how whack the sex is and not because I can't continue to have sex with males, but because the males who are on that side of the conversation that are having sex with women like me are, uh, yeah, they're like trapped in something and you can, I can feel the trappedness now. So like my sex life is just not adventurous. And sometimes I feel like the trappedness that they feel around their ass, like around their own ass, like is very, I don't, it's a turn off. And and I don't and take of that what you will, sister. Who wanna fuck because you? because <laughs> because because once you press the button, <laughs> you open up the door. Can I get a hallelujah? No, um, so. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> let me offer, let me offer uh, cis women a net if I can, and you know what I'm saying. We try as like trans people to like you know like 
come in this space respectfully all the time. Um, so if that man is not admittedly trans attracted, it's probably not worth your time, like uh-huh. orgasmically, right? Yeah. Um, get over your biphobia. Get into niggas that are openly into full-on men. Yeah. It'll it'll absolutely help your orgasm. Um, even in terms of relationship shit, really, to be yeah. honest, like bi niggas are really like dope. Yeah. For the most part, you know, like the problematicness of niggas be in there, but it don't be doubled like I think it is just because like they're bi. Um, really, really, really see your trans sisters as your sisters. Mm-hmm. And if you have any competitive spirit towards your sisters in general, first of all, work through that and get over that because, whoa, please. But beyond woe, (laughs) they're only your competition in literally the same sense as any other woman is your competition. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's no, it's no different. And the the fact that there might be anything else attached to that womanhood that doesn't match yours is not, is not so important because they're going there for the same things. Really? It's, it's, it's still pussy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just just get over it literally the literally the 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 protesting of trans attraction is a red flag yeah. yep yep and i and, sa- honestly, and save your time yeah it's and, and every every time like i literally on my dating profile have put there's a what is it how did i word it i was like i was like um it's like you shouldn't match with me if is the prompt. This is on hinge, and it's like if you still say pause, no homo, or if you feel aligned with little boozy or threatened by little nazets. Like I don't want to hear it. Like just even the even the skirting around of I don't I I have no time for it. Um, and it's interesting how in a lot of cases that has people who match with me go into it with the assumption that I'm a trans woman. Specifically, mm. people ask because they'll be like, "Oh, what was that about? What are you, are you trans? Like, is that why you?" And then it's very like, yeah. There's just flags that you know with men, and I feel like I've taken those flags very seriously because I'm tired of having sex that sucks. Alternatively, <laughs> I did have a moment. I did have like a sexual sexual encounters with somebody who, um, you know, doesn't identify as bi, but you know, has you know made videos or pornography around having sex or in sexual encounters with men, right? But it's also somebody who was never icky about it on the front end, but just, you know, and it never was a red flag to me because there was no flag to be read. It was just like, yeah, okay, this is this is what you vibe with, this is what you fuck with. Like, you know, what what does it make me? And I think women have the stigma. What does it make me then if if I explore and if I have sexual encounters with women, like suddenly what, right? Like I still hold, everybody still gets to be who they are because that's the point. And you get to fuck who you want to fuck because that's the point. And all the, the identity politics around this is really just suppressing everybody's sex. And so, you know, to tie it back to Dave, it's kind of like, it's hard to laugh at the jokes because when you're coming from the perspective that even I'm coming from, I'm just like, damn, like, so is Dave Chappelle whack? Like in bed, like, and that's not funny. Like, and I think that that was hard. <laughs> hard. <laughs> that is not like there was nothing here that was like like even the because like are there people in the trans community who i've seen who have defended dave Chappelle? yes right but coming black 
yeah, I was going to say coming from their intersection of blackness, right? Mm. And feeling like that's an icon that they don't want to see torn down and blah, blah, blah. And then there's also, and in some of that, like, and I won't get into details, but I feel like in, in some of that too, there are threads of like still self-healing and things that need to happen around a bigger issue, not necessarily their trans identity, but like all the things that has made their trans identity have to be difficult for no fucking reason. So like, you know, I see that, but again, that, but that's the community speaking on behalf of itself, right? So like, I'm not here to like pinpoint or whatever, but um, I even lost my train of thought. Listen, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> I lost my train of thought completely, but Dave Chappelle, I just think that there are ways that we have to recognize what potential harm comes from the like brushing off or not really paying, like calling attention to how the support and the way people are discussing this can be harmful. So I, you know, I, I wonder what are y'all's thoughts? Like, is it really harmful? Like, do we care to spend time to make sure that people understand why in this moment, the way they do or don't support Dave Chappelle says a lot about them? Or do we just let motherfuckers do it as they will and keep it pushing? And it's not even a matter of canceling Dave Chappelle. It's just a matter of being unbothered and continue. Like, what do y'all think is the, the best approach that feels safest, I don't want to say right, but like feels best for the community at this point, given the way people be navigating the shit and acting like they don't fucking know. I feel like there are like nuances in like every situation, but ultimately like people like stand firm in their, like whatever their convictions are, whether those convictions be grounded in logic or truth. And then I feel like there are also a lot of people are, that are out there that don't understand like the nature of the argument or like mm -hmm. the like the fullness of what like the LGBT community is um, talking about. Like man, literally spent thirty five something minutes of like an hour long special firing shots, yeah. and it, it it's indicative of a lot. Of like even as a society of like how we feel like that's okay because like what like why right why well like what was like ultimately what was your like intention like behind that like other than to get a few cheap laughs like what was like what like why like why that focus right and okay. I just like. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to chime in and then just try to take it. I just don't understand how, as knowing the statistics and knowing how, like, Black trans women are, like, killed all the time, how you can still kind of function with, like, making commentary that is against that period. Like, as a Black man, as a as a human being who cares for him, for other human beings, like, I for me, that just doesn't click, you know? Right. And I think that's kind of... In my in my head, like because I've always heard his name in these types of conflicts, that's why I don't even give the it the time of day to watch it for me because I'm just like mm, I can't sit through it. Um, I mean, I you know I think that I I want to empower people to do what they want to do. I think that at this time, um, it is interesting if you as a viewer don't find yourself needing to do those kind of investigations in terms of like what pat was saying in terms of trying to figure out why 35 37 minutes of an hour-long special was dedicated to one thing or um you know 
even if you as a person you know didn't find the trans things funny but found like the asian things funny mm-hmm. um what that means for you you know what i'm saying if you're not if if you if you should right. do those kinds of investigations um and i think that on the people that find it um pertinent to relay messages to the people such as us um again i'm on a whole new wave oh y'all yeah we still we are we still doing a new a new podcast and i am absolutely going to um still tell it like i feel and tell it like it is but if y'all get it or not is less important to me and 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 in that it's like what we what we need to do is put it out there this is the internet the internet is instant history so end of the day if you need to know you will know and if it takes you 10 years to figure out that you was an asshole 10 years ago, the New York podcast is still going to be online. Lady Subronche is still going to be online. Right. 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 So y'all will see it. So I'm going to I'm going to say it if I feel the need to say it, you know what I'm saying? But like, I'm not arguing with you hoes. Right. 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 Cause it's like a lot of people's whole, whole shit is like, you know, oh, but Dave Chappelle is legendary. Dave Chappelle has led so many important conversations in the past and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, and the sun rises and, and sets every day. Like, the, and things can be true. Things can be true. Like, and 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 so I don't, I think there's a difference in, in saying, and, you know, and I would love to be corrected if I'm wrong. Like, you know, there's a difference in saying, like, yes, the legend, the, when somebody does things that are legendary, like that, it, it gets stuck in the ground and it is what it is, but it lives independently. Like, people are on a timeline. You can't just let people get away with shit because of the one time or the one mm-hmm. people for where they're at right now and hold them accountable to where they're at right now. And so has Dave Chappelle been a massive influence in a lot of my writing, for example, right? And, and around satire specifically, absolutely, right? But like, am I going to suddenly hold on to an opinion or donate to an auditorium to make a point about the fact that, oh, well, there's some truth to what he said, but then why don't I hold him to a different light and say, well, you can be talking about this in a better way, in the ways that I, I could honor, and this is not a way that I can, I can honor anymore. Because again, I don't think it was his best work. Is he a great storyteller? Yes. Is he always going to sound good when he tells a story? Yes. But Kevin Hart is always going to sound funny as long as he goes and does all that shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he has their shtick. And I think Dave Chappelle's shtick is that he's good at storytelling. And so when he's saying fucked up things, his buildup, he's he's a master at that. But if he's mastering it, to your point, spending 35 minutes to harm someone with that mastery, then we got to start asking these questions. And it's not about oh, everybody just gets canceled for no reason. And I feel like people want to have a cancel culture conversation on its own and they use other opportunities to try to have that conversation instead of sitting down at a table and saying, what does restorative justice looks looks like, right? What does that look like if I don't think it's right to just cancel people left and right? Are y'all motherfuckers really trying to do the work then? Like if y'all are not trying to just cancel people and I'm not saying you should, because you can't cancel a person. Like I feel weird about cancel culture in general, but I do feel like you can't hold people accountable and then you can either invite them to reintegrate into society, uh, you know, in the way that is healthy. Or and shun right. them. Or you shun them, right? Like, but there can be a process here. It doesn't need to be like a, oh, you can't live your life. And suddenly, it's not about getting canceled. Is do you need to be held accountable? Like, do you, yeah. when you drunk and, drive or something, do you need to go back to the driver's class, you know, in order to get those points off your fucking license? Like, right. 
and this yeah. is and this is and this is the shit that colonialism does because that would be a natural understanding for too many colonized people for and in too many colonized communities like but like pre-colonialism like people do fucked up shit that right. like people do people do fucked up shit and the community tells them what it is that they either have to do to atone or there are consequences that com- the community puts down you do something fucked up sexually you might get your dick literally cut off and that's that yeah. if you do something that people think is requiring of shunning then you are shunned until yeah. so somebody sees something it doesn't even matter it doesn't who who knows what it is Somebody could just like literally see a light on your face and be like, yo, the way the sun is sitting on his face right now, there's a change happening in that motherfucker. Yo, you good? You know what I'm saying? And what in Twee or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it like like it is what it is. Like at the end of the day, like I don't think canceling I don't think like I agree with you. Canceling a person is not something that you can do, and even canceling car- their career is not something that you could necessarily do eff- effectively. You can boycott their shit or whatever. Like y'all, y'all are trying to give boycotting a new name, I guess. Right. Um, but other other than other than that, um, like do what you want to do. Like here's the thing. A legend a legend is someone who did a legendary thing. Mm-hmm. That means that this person for the rest of their life will have legendary impact. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that the things that they do will be legendary mm-hmm. from here on out. Mm-hmm. It means that the things that they do will have a legendary platform. Mm-hmm. It means that the things that they do can have legendary influence whether the work continues to be legendary or not. And we've got to understand that. And that is why anybody who is fighting for some level of cancellation of him is fighting for it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's at least important for people to understand what happened, you know, in in that room, (laughs) you know? And I mean, if we really talk about what happened in that room, we should check how many people were laughing. We should should check the the, the laugh and applause meter and really peep how, like, how low it was towards the end of that motherfucker. It, it was low as fuck after. Yeah. So yeah. They were, if, they, if they edited it a, a laugh track after, they, they didn't do it in favor of those jokes. Right. Because it really wasn't funny. It was like, wait a minute, like, you're still talking about this? Like, after he told the joke about, like, beating up the lesbian woman, right. I was like, okay, you, you're, like, there's more? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. You don't spend this time talking about, much time talking about, like, black people in general. In general. And, and I think that that's why I was kind of like, Mm, I hear you. Be like, oh, I'm talking about the white gays at the very end. Literally, literally, was that what I was about to say? I was gonna say, yeah. and I was like, by the end, when you're like, oh, and I'm not. When I'm saying this, I'm talking about white trans people and white, and I'm like, nah, you trying to garner my hoorah because you making a point that if that's the point you wanted to make, you could have started your framing, and and if you would have even started your framing from that place, actually, the jokes would be different. Right, mm-hmm. the jokes could actually be about race, and you could use trans experience examples, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe they're still fictional or whatever the fuck, right? But like that, you're giving the power to the black trans person in that narrative, and then doing that. And this is not me saying let's go shame white trans people. This is not a call to action. I'm just saying though, like, if that was the mission, you know what I mean? Like, it was poorly executed anyway. So then. I don't, you know, I'm like, damn, Dave, that's the way you chose to do that. I could have done it better. And I'm not a fucking comic. And I already know I could have done that setup better. 
if it was what I was trying to do. And you 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 can't suddenly make it about race and have a general statement such as gender is a fact. And you can't call yourself like having trans friends and understanding what transness is and under and getting it and having some level of understanding when literally the whole trans community has been fighting for years and continues to fight for literally people like you to understand that sex and gender are two different fucking things. <sighs> yeah. So there's that. And then on, it's just it's just really it's just really crazy. There was something that you said that I want to reach back, and I know we've been on it for a minute, but there's something that you said I want to reach back to. Um, firstly, I want to um, really thank you and any other cis women that are literally leveraging your sexuality. Yes, for an upgrade. Yes, but it does still mean that you that you're getting less dick, and that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> For for you know what I'm saying, just like just, even if it is for your own orgasm, just for understanding that that cis heteronormative trope is fucking wrong, and and literally putting your vagina on the line for this shit is like what like what we need. There's 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 this this idea like that men have like oh women are the ones that are doing this that and third and there's levels to it that is true because there are only there is only so much that they will do that they'll get away with in y'all eyes like if y'all are like okay like I'm still gonna say if there's still a woman that's willing to bust it open then they're gonna act the way that they're gonna act yeah yep yep and that and and I think the the truth and I think. I don't know where I lost my train of thought earlier, but I know I didn't finish making this point. What was tragic to me about losing that sex partner who, you know, was fluid, but identifies straight was a, that I was recognizing the holding on to that as tied to something that was deeper that like, you know, as a woman in the space, I don't like, I don't always have the answer. I don't always know the way to support someone because if I'm showing up and saying, okay, well, I don't care. Like, actually, I'm not, and I'm not doing that just to say it. And then low-key, I'm going to be like, oh, so do you prefer dick? And, like, ask harmful questions and feel like, like, actually being like, oh, if this is the experience, that's the experience. Like, I'm, I'm experiencing you, and that's the point. And I'm having a good time with you, and that's the point. And actually, duh, maybe that's why the sex was fucking good. <laughs> like, you know I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. But then, like, there's, we're in such a place, we're in such a tender place that I think that more cis women who are actually genuinely there because don't cop it if you're not really about it, but need to start making more room for for men that are bi or people in the space. And because I feel like that's part of what I'm talking to about is like there's this weird way where people who are somehow still holding on to what is seen as a, the traditional like, but don't really feel that way. There's not a a term for this in between because it's not. It's complicated, right? And so now you have both men and women who are going around and they don't know how to actually be organic in their identity. And and part of that has to do with the fact that they don't feel comfortable being organic in their desires sexually. And so how can we start to like create space? Like, is it the getting risky in bed and then talking about it later? Is it having a conversation to then lean into the comfort to explore? Or is it that the sexual space is not the space and there is just a different space that this can be addressed I don't know, but I want, you know, men who don't feel cishet for whatever that means or hardcore cishet to feel comfortable around us. But that requires us 
not to be so cishet as women because the uber cishet version of us is still a product of patriarchy. So like, it's like, if we're not going to do it, then we have, like, we also have to not do the thing we don't want them to do um, because we help them do it. We help them do it. Um, And, and those sorts of conversations, like I think over the generations, like can help make it so that more people can see jokes like that and be like, Oh, nah, Dave Chappelle, maybe just really whack or having really boring sex or is not. And it's just out here acting Mm -hmm. a fucking fool. Like, and shut the fuck up. Like you don't know how good ass is. And that's that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So <laughs> with that, we are going to move along to our plate of the day for radical girls when taxing the rich isn't enough. Tune into part two to hear the rest of this episode. Take a little bronche break. <laughs> 